buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here from REMAX. Gary Callagher, of course, is in the Twin Ports of beautiful Duluth and Superior, and I am down here in Punta Gorda, Florida. Good afternoon, Mr. Callagher. How are you doing today? Well, Jim, we're still um, trying to warm up this region up here, and uh, we hope we know what's coming. But uh, as you get down below the hill, as we call it, below the Copper Top Church, uh, we have a long way to go to get leaves on our trees. <laughs> it's going to be June, I think, before wow. we start seeing budding some some good uh, uh, leaves opening up on the trees. It's been a rough spring up here, weather-wise. I gotcha. You know, and the um, uh, I would say that the key is to get that lake a couple of degrees warmer and that that um, equals a nice July and August so you need to get that sun rolling on that lake out there get that warmed up and oh man I remember I remember Junes that were not very warm and that's no fun well listen the the lakes and the rivers we've had a lot of rain and we had a lot of late snow and the snow melt and there's a lot of flooding going on and i was actually up in floodwood i'm listing a property up on floodwood <clears throat> the floodwood area and it's on the st louis river and my goodness what you know this property last summer uh the lake was down maybe eight nine feet below the uh the ground where you could stand on the river well i was up there uh, earlier this week that river is almost level with the ground. I mean, it's up that high. And and we're talking a good eight, at least eight to nine feet that this river has risen. Wow. Since, um, uh, you know, last, last fall. So this is unprecedented. Island Lake, Fish Lake, all of these lakes, uh, Minnesota Power is opening the dams. They're flooding the Cloquet River right now. And so we have a, um, a, a very... Uh, difficult situation for a lot of property owners there's you know the Friedenberg area you have some flooding going on up there so this is a, a, a pretty tough spring for property owners on these river properties lake properties the fishing opener last week I mean you can see the docks I mean the water levels are above the docks you can't get your boat docked you know if you get some some wave action coming up on some of these inland lakes I mean there's nothing that they can do to uh, you know keep the boats from you know more to the to the uh, the docks because the water levels are just so high. So um, I- interesting uh, spring for the lake property. So wow, pretty tough up here right now with that stuff. You know, it's interesting. I mean, you, you've got you've got um, high water levels. We, we're kind of looking for some rain down here in Florida. We're just getting into the rainy season. And then, of course, you go out west, and um, they're actually calling it fire season in California. Um, that's a term I don't think that anybody wants to hear, but it's just strange what's going on in different different segments of the country weather-wise. So, but Gary, let's get right into interest rates here because um, 
Jeez, interest rates have, have jumped. Uh, we're about, what are we, about 5.4 right now for an average 30 year? Um, and. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, um, if you go if you go about a year ago, the the rates were right around three percent. So whether they're five point four or five point two, or you know, they've still jumped um, considerably. Well, locally here, we've got on the thirty year conventional term, we've got five point six two five. Yeah, that's up a little bit from last week. But these FHA and VA thirty year terms, they're both at five point seven five percent, and. Uh, you know, you're talking almost a, a 3% jump on those FHA and VA from a year ago. I mean, from six months ago even. And and the conventional is starting to approach that that as well. And so the, uh, the day and age with these low interest rates is behind us. Uh, this is a shift in the marketplace. Uh, so uh, I think the, the big thing, and listen, there are people across the country, and I know we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, but they're happy with this. These yes. experts, these economists, they're happy that this is happening to the housing market because of the, the runaway price growth that we've had over the last two to three years is just, it's unsustainable. Yeah. And I so they're, they're applauding this for the housing market. Um, but the uh, the big losers in this thing are buyers. Yeah. Uh, the, or the, I, I shouldn't say the marginal buyers and buyers overall. Yeah. I mean, because marginal buyers, boom, they're gone. They're priced out of the market. They can't buy a house. Uh, buyers overall, guess what? It's going to cost you more money to buy a home. Your monthly payments are going to be higher. And that's just the way it is right now. So, well, it's yeah, and you know it, it's yeah. amazing. So, I mean, uh, mortgage rates are like gas prices. You know, like they might be you know four dollars and forty cents in one area and five dollars and sixty cents in another area. So, um, this article is stating that that last year the average in the United States was five point four percent. The other amazing thing is that. Um, in all, refinance demand is down 76% compared to a year ago. Um, yeah. Not hard to uh, to grasp if you look at the average the average real or the average interest rate nationwide last week was 5.4, and, and a year ago it stood at 3%. I mean, we're getting and now if you're seeing that in the in the Twin Ports, you're 5.75. Um, we're going to be close to doubling. That's up for FHA. Really that's for FHA and VA. Just right. just to clarify that. You're, I'm just saying we're you're, we're close to doubling up in 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 just over a year's time. So it's going to have an effect and an impact on the on the uh, on the markets for sure. And 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 we're feeling it both down here, and I know you're feeling it up there as well. But listen, if you're if you follow the mortgage industry, Jim, yes. Um, the mortgage industry is going through a shakeout right now, and they are laying off some of these uh, mortgage loan originators um, by the dozens, maybe by the hundreds, might be the thousands be- before too long. Well, if you're losing refinances uh, by 76% year over year, yeah, there's a lot less work to do. Absolutely. I mean, they just don't have the demand for it anymore. And so you're going to see that industry could start to consolidate. And uh, it'd be interesting to to follow this, but boy, oh boy, we are uh, in, in a shift in the real estate market. I'm curious as to how long it's going to uh, uh, last and what it's going to do to the marketplace. 
but uh, there's no question about it. The mortgage industry is on a downward spin in terms of business. And and the thing is, Jim, what's that going to look like in the next six months, year right. or whatever? What's, what's going to happen as we get into this new uh, election cycle? I think there's the potential for some really wild stuff to go on and how it affects not just the real estate economy, but just the economy in general. I mean, there's a lot of of uh, interest in this upcoming election cycle. There's a lot of, I think, volatility that's going to be in it. And I think, you know, when you t- when you look at the, sh- the the food issues that we're dealing with, the shortages, the the formula for new babies that's going on, there's a lot of weird stuff happening. And how that affects us in the real estate industry in the in this summer and the coming months, going to be very uh, very curious to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, it's it's it uh, is something that we'll be following here right on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show for sure. Gary, uh, real quick before we, uh, we, we've got another four minutes here in this segment. Let's talk about the St. Louis County Jail. There's some news there. Yeah, our old friends in the St. Louis County Jail, um, you know, we sold that building, God, must be 10 years ago now, but uh, it's in the news again. And um, there's a developer that is redeveloping that into a new 32-unit apartment building. And they basically received some federal assistance, what they call federal brownfield assistance, to help with um, environmental issues. The uh, Environmental Protection Agency uh, is going to provide Duluth with uh, an additional million dollars to re- reclaim these additional distress, distress properties. So, so at that St. Louis County Jail, they have um, uh, they have to rid some of that structure of asbestos, lead, and PCBs that have been nope. found at the site. Wow. And so, how'd you like to live in that environment? I mean, it's it's uh, uh, it doesn't surprise me that they find that stuff there, but the fact that they're getting this grant and they're they're going to remediate that, I think, is uh, pretty important. Well, and and I can uh, understand the lead. Where do the PCBs come from? Well, I mean, who knows where they came from? I mean, there's, you know, those things, you know, back in the day, this stuff was all, I mean, this was a heavy industrial town, you know, right? and that that particular area, you know, you get into the 1920s when a lot of that area was developed down there, you know, it was, uh, who knows what they were dumping in the ground. So I, where is the contamination? I don't know, but I would assume a lot of it's in the ground, uh, PCBs. You know, you you hear a lot about that in some of these electrical transformers. So well, how that relates to it, I don't know. But do they elaborate uh, as to uh, what the what the newest plans are for the building once they get these things uh, taken care of? Yeah, it's going to be thirty-two units. They're going to have um, twelve of the thirty-two units. Uh, people are going to be reserved for people earning no more than sixty percent of the median income, and um, they. Um, uh, it's just something to restore and add housing units to our. Um, you know, uh, to what we need already. I don't know if you remember, Jim, a couple a week or so ago, there was an article in the News Tribune about Cirrus and the amount of workers that they need and, yeah. and the shortages of workers. And one of their biggest issues that they were dealing with is housing. Yeah. And they feel that it's not their uh, position to, to have to deal with housing in a local economy when they're trying to provide jobs and they're trying to provide that uh, uh, that 
you know, people coming into our community uh, for, for these great jobs that they have, these aviation industry jobs, they shouldn't have to be the ones that are doing it. And the city has a, a certain amount of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, responsibility that they right. should be, you know, looking into this and providing that particular employer with whatever they need because these are good jobs and we certainly don't want a company like that to leave the community. So these new apartments, yeah, it's we got to wrap thing. this segment up. We're on break here. Okay. Um, and anyway, you know, listen, we'll come back to this and finish up with that um, at the very end of the segment because next we have a special guest coming on, Mr. Mario Dottillo, who is a Minnesota native. Who is now down in Florida here, and um, he's got an interesting business. Um, he is buying up mobile home parks. So we'll we'll talk to Mr. Dottillo here right after the break. Stay tuned to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here on this Saturday until from twelve until one. All right, Gary, so like I had said before, we're bringing in a special guest today. We have Mr. Mario Dottillo, and Mario um, is the CEO, I would call him, right, of the REA Group, which is Real Estate Acquisitions, and they're focusing mainly on acquiring mobile home parks. Mario Dottillo, welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Hey, Jim. Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be on here with you. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, we've had a, I've been trying to get you on a couple of different times and scheduling and snafus and everything else. But um, <laughs> all right. So, so, Mario, let's start it out this way and then I'm going to open it up for Gary for a question. Tell us exactly what it is that the REA group does as far as purchasing mobile home parks, how you find them, um, what you look for, and uh, just give us a whole uh, synopsis of, of what it is that you're doing. Sure. So the REA group is actually an acquisitions slash brokerage division of a little bit bigger company, um, which is Real Estate Acquisitions USA. Um, That is our investment fund. And what we do is we go out and we buy manufactured home communities. Really, we're looking around the country, uh, but we currently own in Florida, Georgia, Minnesota, Pennsylvania. We also own a little bit of self-storage in Florida and Texas as well. But um, yeah, so so the REA group was formed as, as a division of this investment company to allow us to put together a team to go out and acquire these communities. And really our focus is underperforming uh, underperforming and mismanaged communities. And what we do is we, we buy these mobile home parks, typically 50 or more occupied lots, but in some cases we have one a little bit lower than that. And we'll buy these communities, we'll come in, we'll turn them around, so we'll bring in professional management, we'll make a lot of capital improvements in them, we'll uh, obviously get new leases signed with, with residents, and we'll start bringing rents to market and finding ways to not only improve the community, make it better for the residents to live in, but how to maximize the profitability of these properties, which then obviously, um, you know, as you know, in commercial real estate, the cash flow determines the value, so we're able to maximize the value of these assets. Um, We find them really just like anybody else would find any other type of commercial real estate, but I would say it's, you know, direct marketing to owners is our number one way. And 
uh, Jim, as you know, we, we mostly do cold calling and reaching out to owners directly to build relationships with them. And it is a very slow process. It's not a overnight thing, um, but we do do other direct marketing, a lot of social media uh, campaigns and educational things that allow us to, to connect with owners as well. But second way is through brokers, typically comm- general commercial brokers or residential brokers bringing us things. And then the third way is um, we either do joint ventures with people or we buy contracts through assignment from other investors who really aren't prepared to buy it, um, but are wanting to either get into a deal and partner with us where we kind of take the heavy lift on it and that or they just sell us their contract. So um, we've been doing this for since 2015 on the manufactured home community side and since about 2008 on real estate investments in general. Mario, I have a question for you. <laughs> I, well, I hope I have Gary. an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> Why mobile home parks? I mean, you know, every, I think everybody can agree that there's a certain stigma with mobile home parks. Why would you be going around the country investing in buying up mobile home parks? That's a really good question. So let me back up really quick and tell you how I got into buying them, and that'll kind of help you. It'll help people understand why we like them so much. So back, you know, 2013, we were starting to get out of the single family home investment world where we were buying, rehabbing and selling homes. We'd been doing that since 2008. And, you know, we decided that we want to get into long term commercial real estate investments and buy and hold strategy versus kind of a trading model we were doing before that. And we were looking for apartments. We loved apartments. We we liked the diversity in it, meaning the 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 um, uh, the number of units. So we we aren't necessarily having a single tenant that we have to be concerned about whether they're going to pay or not. But also, you know, we like the fact that multifamily typically does well in poor economies. And even at that time, that far back, we were looking and going, you know, it's been a great run for good number of years when the economy turns and the market turns we want to be in a position to benefit from that and really we were struggling to find apartments back then to buy which is kind of funny to say now because everything we would have bought then would have turned to gold at this point but um someone brought uh, a commercial banker friend of mine brought me a non-performing loan from another bank that he had a relationship with and said, look, you you know, I know you have bought non-performing loans before. This is not an apartment building. This is a mobile home park, but why don't you take a look at it? Because it looks like a great deal. And so short story, we basically did our quick due diligence on that. We studied up on mobile home parks and kind of the the caveats or the differences between apartments and mobile home parks, and we loved it. And the reason we loved it was because number one, we don't own the homes. Our residents own the homes. They pay us lot rent in order to have their homes sitting in our lots. So if you look at it this way, we're kind of like a for-profit homeowners association combined with like a builder developer. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's like this hybrid rental and sales model, meaning our residents own their homes, they pay us lot rent, and then every vacant lot that we have, we will buy and bring in homes, set them up, and then we will sell those homes kind of like a builder or developer would do. And then we start collecting lot rent on those homes once they own them. And so our maintenance costs 
and turnover costs are a bit lower because we don't ever really get involved in a resident moving out. Um, meaning, so when a tenant moves out of a home, they typically sell it to the next buyer and we just approve that buyer kind of like a homeowners association would. Um, and so there's not that downtime where we're not collecting rent and we're also not doing make ready to prep that home to rent again because we don't own it. Um, there's a bunch of different reasons why we like mobile home parks and, and we can get into more details if you want. But I, I think the overarching reasons are two things. Number one, they perform really well in recessions and poor economies when people are struggling financially to pay bills they're looking for affordable housing and we are the lowest cost provider of non-subsidized housing so we we offer the lowest cost especially home ownership option and then secondly um this this industry is going through a consolidation phase which means that you know for years we have had or for forever you know, most of these parks have been owned by the people who developed them. So long time, you know, ownership where they own one to two communities. So now you've got these professional operators and institutional investors coming in and bringing in industry best practices and technology and systems, and they're buying these communities up. And so what we're trying to do is make sure that we get in and, and get as much market share as we can for the next call it five to seven years while there's still this opportunity to, um, to buy up market share and buy from owners who really haven't main, maybe been able to maintain the community or keep it up to the level that it should be. So long story short, there's a lot of opportunity to add value and buy these properties right. Mario, one of the things you mentioned was you when you get interested in um, these types of properties, you go in and you do some due diligence. When, when you find one of these uh, mobile uh, home parks that, you, that you're interested in, what type of a timeline on, on a due diligence period do you have? And what are some of the things that you look at? I mean, some of the things that we're familiar with, is you have a lot of infrastructure that's going on with these mobile home parks. And some of these mobile home parks, uh, and I don't know what the percentage is, they're not hooked up to city services. They have massive septic systems, that type of stuff, maybe wells. Do you look at those types of things and what are some of the more difficult infrastructure problems that you've run into uh, when you're looking at these types of properties? Yeah. So timelines, pretty straightforward, very similar to most other commercial real estate due diligence, at least multifamily. You know, we're looking at anywhere from a 30 to 60 day due diligence period. And part of that has to do with the third party reports, such as like phase one surveys, zoning report, appraisal, all that stuff has to come back. And so that's probably the slowest part of the process. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so 30 to 60 days due diligence period. Uh, and then what are we actually looking for? So, um, we're looking to, I mean, we do, we go through a three phases of due diligence. We start out with, uh, financial due diligence, which means we're going to get all the financials of these properties from the owners. We're going to go through with a fine tooth comb and we're going to analyze all of it and put it, put all the data against each other to make sure that it lines up. And really what we're looking for is discrepancies that 
you know, we could get hung up on. Um, and then from there, once we finish the financial due diligence and we have a good understanding of what the numbers are, then we jump over to physical due diligence. And we actually go on site, we get really familiar with the property, we run around with, you know, inspectors and, and contractors, and, and we get an understanding of all that infrastructure that you're talking about. And then the last phase is the legal. All right. And that comes down to zoning. That comes down to, um, uh, I would say mostly zoning is going to be the biggest legal aspect, but there are other things that we're looking for. You know, are there, are there any lawsuits involved in the property right now? And just, you know, a few different layers of legal. Okay. Um, now to jump back to what you were asking about on the infrastructure side, well, yeah, you know, when you buy a mobile home park, you, you do tend to get a lot more involved in utilities than maybe other property types because you're kind of buying a um, a residential community. You're buying a residential development, and there's a lot of underground utilities that would normally be, you know, for most of the commercial real estate would be behind the walls of some standalone building, right? Well, in this case, they're all underground and they're running to, you know, 50 to 150 homes and you got to kind of know what all those lines look like and what you're dealing with. So, uh, you know, when, when these properties are a little bit more rural, often they are private utilities. So well, um, well is obviously the only type of private water. But then when you jump into the sewer, you get into, you know, the best option on both would be city water, city sewer. If, if, you're, if you're not able to get city water, then it's typically septic. Um, which most people are familiar with because that's a pretty common way of disposing of sewage around the country. But then you have these wastewater treatment plants, which are kind of like small versions of the municipality sewer systems. And then you've got um, what's called a lagoon, which is kind of basically a pond that the sewage goes into and they have it's kind of disgusting sounding, but they have bugs and stuff that eat it. Yep. Um, (laughs) So you've got these different type of sewage systems that you have to get very familiar with. Now, for us, we're typically targeting buying city water, city sewer for obvious reasons. You just have a lot less management and maintenance involved. But that being said, if we found something that made a lot of sense financially and it was a great community, good location, we would consider buying you know, a community that had some private utilities. Like we just closed on one uh, that has a well it actually has three wells on it and then it has city sewer. So it's kind of still a good combination because at least it had one type of um, municipal utility. Um, that being said, yeah, it, it involves a lot of inspections. We bring in professionals that really know what they're doing when it comes to that type of utility. And you learn a lot. <laughs> you learn a lot about the EPA, the DEP. Um, just, you know, you learn a lot about these things that, you kind of don't want to learn, but it is it is it is intense. All right, so Jim, I'm going to jump on this note. My guest, but typically Gary asks all the questions. Gary, settle down. Um, Mario, <laughs> um, when you look at these places, there are other things too that you haven't mentioned. Like, like you take a lot of look at the at the roads that are going in and out of the property. Um, what kind of weather do they do they have that goes on there? So if they're if they're obviously in Minnesota and Wisconsin, I mean you got to you got to deal with uh, snow removal, and then you still have to deal with you know yard um, upkeep and, and general upkeep. And you and I, I have been with you on um, tours of some of these places that you own 
And I found it very interesting that um, the improvements that you made, the before and after pictures and the things that, that you look at. Um, but tell us more about um, when you go into a dilapidated situation, what is the first thing that you want to turn around if you, when you acquire these properties? So, yeah, and, and, and during that physical portion of the due diligence process, we are looking at infrastructure, which roads are typically a large portion of the infrastructure. It's one of the largest that we deal with. And other than roads, it's, you know, if there's a clubhouse or an office or a pool or some sort of common area, playground, things like that, that need to be looked at. But roads are definitely a large portion of its signage. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, we are looking at roads. And that is one of our largest expenses as well. Um, as for weather, yeah, I mean, we want to know what we're going to be up against because that directly affects the cash flow of the property. If it's heavy, if it's an area that has a lot of snow, then we're going to be budgeting for larger snow removal costs than maybe other markets. Same thing with, you know, we own quite a few communities in the southeast, you know, around Florida. So hurricanes are something that we're always, you know, aware of and that we have to insure against. And so, yeah, weather is and, definitely and something that we take. I'm assuming too. Yeah, flood zones are really important. Um, there's different levels of flood zone, which, you know, you go from anywhere, just a basic, you know, 100-year flood zone all the way up to, uh, you know, a flood way, which is pretty much property that's in the middle of a river. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, there is, there, we definitely look at that because that affects insurance, that affects risk, that affects um you know, our marketability of the property on the back end and for refinancing, but also for residents. You don't want to buy a community that's, you know, people have to swim to their car in. <laughs> um, but, and then also for maintenance, when we're buying a community, what we're ultimately trying to create is pride of ownership with the residents. So what happens a lot of times is, you know, mom and pop have owned these communities for a long time and they don't have a mortgage on them. Uh, and, for them, whatever it generates is what they live on. Hey, so Mario, we got to cut yes. you off right there. We, we, we've got sure. to take a break here. We'll come back, so hold that train of thought. Folks, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding, Gary Callagher here every Saturday from 12 to 1 on 610 K-D-L-A-M. And uh, today we have a special guest, Mr. Mario Natillo. And Mario, um, originally from the Twin Cities area, now lives down here in Florida with me. And I've, I've come to know him um, over the last year or so. And uh, he, he buys um, and manages, uh, as part of a company, uh, um, mobile home parks. And Mario, if people are interested in finding out more about the process, um, how do they contact you? So great way to contact me is on Instagram. Uh, that's I put out quite a bit of content there. Also, uh, they can connect with me at mariodatillo.net, uh, which is my personal website. You can learn a lot about what I've got going on there. And I'm, I'm pretty easy to find on all the social media sites. I've got a YouTube yep. channel, mariodatillo.tv as well. Yeah, and your, and your last about, name is spelled. How about Twitter? Just confirm your spelling. I am on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mario, confirm the spelling of your last name. Yeah. Uh, so, first name M A R I O, last name Datillo. D A T T I L O. 
Ditillo. Okay. And I, you know, Gary, if you haven't had a chance yet, I don't know if I've shared this information with you, but to watch Mario on his, uh, um, on his YouTube channel, I've, I've seen all of them and, uh, they're, they're, they're very educational and Mario, I got to say, <laughs> you make it fun. <laughs> So it, it's kind of a fun learn. So, all right, Gary, um, where do we want to go from here? Do you want to continue where we were the, before the last break? This is uh, something that's really kind of interesting because you don't think about this a lot. And, and like I said earlier, there's a certain stigma that's associated with mobile home parks. And, you know, we certainly have them up in our marketplace. And some of them you drive by, I'll tell you something, they're not too pleasant to look at but some of them are beautiful and they're well taken care of and so you know in terms of of identifying what you may be interested or not i'm curious where's the largest concentration of these properties that you have and where are some of the other areas that you may be interested in looking at to acquire some of these properties so right now we own the majority of our communities in Florida. Second would be the Atlanta market of Georgia. We also own in Minnesota and Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, we're open to acquiring communities really around the country with the exception of California, New York, uh, and Illinois, uh, for political and, and, you know, tax reasons, <laughs> but uh, other they hate landlords. So we don't like giving money to people who hate us. Um, but other than that, we will buy around the country. Like I'm working on a deal in Oklahoma right now. I'm working on a deal in North Carolina right now. I mean, really, uh, looked at a deal in Michigan last week and I've got an offer out on a deal in Ohio. So we're kind of looking all over the country, but they are, they, a lot of them are pretty ugly and that's, you know, they are an eyesore. And that's kind of goes back to what we were talking about before the break, that a lot of these communities used to be really nice, but over the years, you know, owners have been able to just basically make money off of them and live off of them and they don't have debt so it's you know they're not putting a lot of money back into these properties not all but a lot of them and so they do start to go downhill and with that the 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 lower the maintenance the lower quality of the residents that move in meaning people who don't necessarily care to take care of what they have and so it is a downward spiral and to where it becomes more of what you would consider a trailer park you drive by and you go oh that thing's ugly i wouldn't want that next to my house and that's the opportunity because we take these communities uh that have been mismanaged and look really bad have a stigma and we go in and we work to build um, pride of ownership, which I was kind of touching on before the break. We work to get the residents to bring in pride of ownership and fix up their homes and make it look nice. And we start out by making the physical improvements ourselves. We improve the roads, we improve all the infrastructure, we improve signage, and we make it a really nice place to live so we can attract uh, a resident that wants to live in a nice place and is willing to invest in their home and make it look nice as well. Um, so I don't know if I missed part, uh, missed anything in your questions there, but our, our, our target is really 50 plus occupied lots um, in any of those markets, really any around the country, ideally closer to some sort of, you know, um, a metropolitan area, but it doesn't have to be in a first tier or in a, in a primary market by any means. How about things like 
uh, restrictions. I mean, some of these communities, and, and you hear this across country, they have age restrictions. Do you do you have any of those types of developments that um, allow for fifty plus, fifty five plus, or gated type mobile home communities? That those types of things. Gated? That's a stretch. <laughs> no, but, um, we do. <laughs> But we do have 50, we do have a 55 plus community. Most of them are family communities and they're just affordable housing communities, meaning they're not a lifestyle choice type community where they're having a second home or a vacation home or a retirement place. They're mostly, uh, you know, a, a community that people move to because they're affordable. That being said, um, it's interesting because what people don't realize is in most of the country, manufactured home communities or mobile home parks are exactly that they're an affordable place to live but you have these regions like the southeast southwest um so example florida uh california arizona parts of you know southern texas and even nevada where you've got kind of lifestyle choice options where people buy buy homes in these communities because it's an affordable vacation home, right? Or it's affordable second home. We have one in Edgewater, Florida, which is a very nice community pool. And, you know, it's, it's a very nice property that we have a lot of Canadians that actually have second homes there. And uh, it's, it's mostly retirees. That happens to be our 55 plus community that we own. And um, so we do own both. We will buy both. There's kind of different nuances between each. They're just the, generally speaking, they're the same, but you do have, you know, different expectations from the residents, but also um, some different risks and potential benefits on both ends of the spectrum. So, you know, and if you want, we can dive in deeper on that. But there, there's reasons why people would want to own each of those type of communities for different reasons. But I would say, too, um, Gary, to, to your point of, um, you know, the stigma, um, geez, you know, you should come down to when, you, when you're in Florida, some of these some of these communities in manufactured and mobile, some of them are are gated. They are gated. Um, other ones, like like Mario was saying, they have they have a super pool area. They have tennis courts. They have all kinds of recreation. And yet still others will have access to like the Gulf of Mexico. Um, even where I live here in Punta Gorda, there are a couple of parks that are right on the canal system. You know, so, I mean, some of those homes that are in these parks, they do resell. They don't own the land under. Their, their main is just like the company that Mario uh, has. Um, but some of these uh, manufactured homes will go extremely high value-wise because of the amenities of those parks. So it, 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 it's like he said, there's a lot of them that are, that are almost, um, you know, almost like I would say 50% occupied by what we call snowbirds. You know, so it's very interesting um, how the uh, how the situation is a little bit different down here than it is up in the Northland. There. Now that said, I have one question, Mario. Was the first mobile home park you bought was that the one in Minnesota? No, actually not. So I am from Minnesota. I grew up, lived there my entire life until about 11 years ago. I moved down to Florida in 2011 after investing in Florida for a couple of years before that, and. Um, uh, that one was actually one of the more recent communities we bought, which is kind of fun because we're able to uh, kind of go back to Minnesota a little bit more and have a reason to be there and do business there, which honestly, Minnesota is not the best place to do business, unfortunately, from a 
from a legal standpoint and from a, a tenant landlord standpoint, but it, it did give us the opportunity to go back to our first community it was actually in my backyard in Naples, Florida of all places. And that's part of why we got comfortable with buying um, buying one because it was so close to us. It was actually, you know, the area is yeah. two parcels over from the courthouse, which was just a prime redevelopment area. Um, so yeah, the first one was actually in Southwest Florida here, and uh, we do own one in the Twin Cities, the western suburbs of the Twin Cities right now. All right, guys, we got about two minutes left. Okay, and then we have another segment if, if Mario will stay on. I've got yep. a, a series of couple questions if we could hit on these quickly. Um, first of all, uh, can you give us a range of what the rents are for the lots when people buy them? And then what do you get for that rent? And then thirdly, do you have financing available for people? <laughs> Say that all in two minutes. <laughs> yep, I got it. Well, no problem. I can do this. Fire, we'll, we'll fire through these. All right, so rent range is going to be between, you know, in, in, based on our portfolio, our average lot rent is around $400, but that's high. Um, nationally, you'll see more uh, communities in the 300s range. So Midwest, you're going to see rents anywhere from high 200s to high 300s. Minnesota being an exception, like our community in Minnesota is at 460 right now. Um, again, great location, west part of the Twin Cities, and uh, housing is in high demand. Um, but we have, we, you know, our Naples community that we recently sold, that got up to about 600 for lot rent. Um, and then what's included, it really depends, but typically we will have the residents paying their own water, sewer, and trash. Um, most communities, they're responsible for mowing their own lawn, but really what it allows them to do is own their own home on a, on a parcel that they don't have to pay, pay the taxes or insurance on. And, you know, depending on the community, the amenities range. So anywhere from no amenities up to, you know, like, like Jim and I were saying, you know, pool clubhouse, golf course. It can go pretty extreme depending on where it's located. And then for financing, our buyers of homes, we do offer financing with multiple lenders where they can actually get you know, retail financing to keep the, and the payments are pretty low actually. So you can get most of our communities with a $400 lot rent, they're in for under $1,000 a month, both lot rent and home uh, home mortgage combined, including taxes and insurance. So very, very affordable to potentially own a brand new home. Perfect. We got to take a break right there. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we're going to be right back to wrap it up. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Quite an interesting, different show today, folks, because we've got Mr. Mario Dottillo on to talk about mobile home park investing. And this has been a hour of information. So, Mario, welcome back. Gary, I know you had um, another question or two, so let's get right into it. Yeah, one final question here, Mario, and thank you for coming on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. This is certainly eye-opening. You don't really think about this much, you know, when it when it comes to investing in property. So interesting uh, conversation here. Um, and, I, and I've got to believe that with what's going on in the real estate world right now and the big shift that's occurred in the last, say, eight weeks with the interest rates going up, all those types of things, there's a lot of people that have been priced out of the real estate market. And this has to be something that is a niche for you because this is affordable housing for people that they can get into for not a lot of money. You say you have family developments. You could be on the cusp of a big boom here. 
It, yes. And and so in the beginning of the show, we talked about how great mobile home parks typically do in poor economies and recessions and when people are really looking for affordable housing. And part of the the exciting factor of mobile home park investing is that right now we have a decreasing amount of supply and an increasing amount of demand because these communities are a lot of times in great locations and so they're getting redeveloped into other things so again supply is decreasing they're hard to get zoned to develop and a lot of times it doesn't even make excuse me financial sense to develop new ones so they're disappearing and more people need it. Um, so yeah, we're in position to be able to offer affordable housing for people who are maybe getting priced out of that single family world. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people who would typically rent apartments say, hey, you know what? I really wanna own something, but single family is just out of out of my reach. So they are getting financing. We talked about before, they're able to get financing by these homes at you know, a lot of times brand new homes for under a thousand dollars a month, including the lot rent. And it's a great option for people. So I think we're going to see, we're going to continue to see increased occupancy. We're ordering homes as rapidly as we can, which is another discussion altogether. But there are some delays in the manufacturing side, but we're trying to fill as many lots as we can because they're selling very quickly. We've got about another minute or so left here. So why don't we do this? Why don't we, um, Mario, why don't you give out information one more time on, on where they can visit you on online? to get more information about this uh, very interesting topic. So I'm pretty easy to find on all the social media platforms, including Gary Twitter. Yes. <laughs> um, but you can, I'd say the best way to connect with me is either on Instagram or you can go to my Mario net, and that's M A R I O Dottillo D A T T I L O.net. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel, which is Mario TV. And uh, we actually, I actually have a mentoring program uh, called the MHP Tribe, which you can go to mhptribe.com. And so if someone who's looking to invest in these communities, we help people uh, get started investing in, in, in mobile home communities as well. So very easy to find out there if you're looking for me. Yeah, and I, and I have to compliment you. I mean, the information that you provide is um, a, a lot of times it's very basic, but it's, it's very, uh, very educational, very instrumental, I think, in people looking at this uh, very seriously as a, as a, as a way of, uh, of becoming an independent business person. Again, thank you, and uh, you know, I'm I'm officially following you on Twitter now, so uh, I'll look forward to uh, you know seeing what you guys are doing out there. And thanks again for coming on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Hey, Jim. Hey, Gary. Thanks so much for having me on. This has been a real pleasure. I'm 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 a big fan of the show, so thank you. All right, folks, you've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We're out of time already, but we'll be back next week. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.